The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Amanda Mel Hewish. Amanda is a writer and comedian living in Brooklyn. In college, Amanda felt a spark with somebody, but since they were both dating other people and living on opposite sides of the country, nothing happened. Eventually, they ended up together, but it was far from the fairy tale ending Amanda was hoping for. Hey, Amanda, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Ryan? Good. Thank you so much for coming to share. Of course. Yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Well, I um, I was in this relationship for a year and a half with someone who had a chronic illness. Okay. Um, and it was one of those things where there was so much weight on the disease and how it was affecting him that it became my entire life, and I got really sucked into, like, taking care of this person. Okay. And I also, like, got... Uh, I'm like blindsided by the fact that he was sick. I'll start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got a good like setup of what we're getting into. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So how um, how how'd you guys meet or well, where did so it start? It started I, I guess it started when we met in college, where I was a senior in college and I was on this study musical theater in New York program. Like I went to college in California and they took us out to New York okay. to study in the big city of dreams. So it was sort of like a semester abroad, but yeah. in New York. Yeah. Okay. Like essentially it's the semester abroad concept, but got it's it. like for musical theater yeah, kids yeah, yeah. and Southern California. This is a good place to go. Yeah, they're like, you should come see all the Broadway shows. Meet the dancers. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was truly like four weeks of crazy New York City life. Learn how the subway works. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the big project at the end was like we'd put on a show and they hired musical theater like lyricists in the city to write a show for us to perform. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. Um, but so he was one of the writers. Okay. And I had been in like a relationship all of college with a person who not once said that they loved me back. Oof. And I just stayed hoping for years. And you would keep being like, hey, so... Like, I said that thing, and, yeah. like, I love you. Just, <laughs> like, wondering where you're at. Like, you check in every, like, month oh. or so, being oh, like, yeah. you there yet? No, I guess I'll keep waiting. Yeah, that's, oh, that's tough. Yeah, so, um, by this point, I was, like, nearing the end of college, and I was, like, this relationship I'm in is, like, definitely dead. I don't know why I stay in things so much longer than I should. Yeah. Um, and I, but it was my first relationship I'd ever been in, so it was really hard for me to, like, let go of, because I was so in the mindset of, like, this is the only person who will ever see me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because so, it's sort of, like, that first love thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like, went off to this musical theater program, um, and I went in to give my audition for the writers so they could be, like, inspired by the class and then write something for us. And I went in and I sang the song, Never Fall in Love with an Elf, from the Broadway musical version of Elf. Okay. <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> Which I only did because I have a very strong, like, Zoe Deschanel vibe. And it yeah. was written for the character she plays in Elf. And I was like, this is on type. I'm yeah, like, smart. I can do this. Yeah. So I went in and I sang it. And I made eye contact with um, this guy. We'll call him Peter to protect his anonymity. All right. Peter. Peter. And I made eye contact with him behind the table. And I, like, immediately was like, oh, this show's going to be for me. Like, I was singing my 16-bar cut. And I, like, knew. I was like, this guy fucking loves it he is eating this up and of course i was right my instinct was correct and i like was like the they wrote a um betty white 
musical in which I played Betty White. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. It was like a Golden Girls parody show. Okay. Yeah. And he was the writer and he like wrote it for me to be like my star vehicle. And I made a bit because I was so sad about my relationship falling apart. Like with all of my friends, I was like making a bit of having a crush on him just like as a joke. Yeah. Where I was like, ooh, that guy looks like he has really soft hands. Like I can't wait to watch him play the piano. You know, like just things like that to like keep us laughing because I was so depressed. Yes. Um. <laughs> And I was like, I'll never see this guy again. Like, I live in California. I'm yeah, here you're for doing four this, weeks. Yeah, this month-long thing in New York. And yeah. then you're like, all right, Bye forever. see you later. Yeah. Like, I had, at this point, I had no intention of moving to the city. I had plans to move in with friends in L.A. and, like, do the comedy thing in Los Angeles. Um, so flirting as a joke seemed fine. I often never really even directed it at him as much as it was with my friends. Yeah, and you're like, oh, there's no stakes here. Yeah. So I'm not overthinking this yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then when I like went home to California, I was very shocked that he kept messaging me on Facebook. <laughs> right? Um, and it wasn't like all the time or obsessive. It was like every couple of weeks he'd send me like a Golden Girls meme. And then it kind of started like growing from there. And at this point I was like going through the breakup I knew was coming. Um, and really putting very little weight into having kind of like a random correspondence with him every once in a while. Plus, he had a girlfriend at the time, and I wasn't crossing a line. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things that were being juggled at that yeah. moment in time where you're like, all right, I'll talk to this guy. But, like every uh, once in a while. Yeah. It, it really didn't seem like a big deal. And then there was a point in December where at this point I was like, I am going to move to New York. I moved to Los Angeles almost entirely because it's where the guy who doesn't love me lives. And I knew that <laughs> yeah. relationship was ending. And this was really dumb. There's this point in December where my phone started like blowing up on Facebook Messenger. And I like looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, like this guy is really hitting on me. Like Peter is really hitting on me. And I know he has a girlfriend still. Yeah, like a line is sort of being crossed in whatever like, he's saying. In yeah, this he's fully like. Uh, saying these things where he's like, oh, me and my uh, girlfriend really like the X-Files. And I feel like you would really like the X-Files. And I was like, no, I've tried it. And I just don't look like the X-Files. I just seem like someone who would, you know. Um, and then, like, it reached this point where he was like, well, you should come over sometime if you ever actually move to New York and, like, just not watch the X-Files with me. Oh, boy. And he's yeah. like, I'm so glad you live in California because I want to make out with you so much right now. Yeah. Let's promise okay. not to tell the people we're seeing about this. And I'm like, well, I'm broken up. Yeah. But uh, you I'm also not saying this stuff. Like, you, yeah, like, I was like, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But also, like, I do have a crush on him. Yeah, yeah, so you're, you, you're in a weird place where you're like, yeah. oh, this is kind of fun, but yeah. I also know that, like, this is weird. Yeah. And I was like very, very much like in this vulnerable place of being like, oh, thank God other people do notice me. I spent four years with someone who didn't love me because yeah. I was afraid. Yeah. You're finally getting a little bit of that thing of like, I was so caught up in this yeah. thing and it wasn't giving me what I needed. Mm -hmm. And now there is some kind of There's validation that yeah, kind exists. In yeah. Like, oh, other people see me. But it's also, of course, like really shady. You know, like it's objectively bad. Yeah, not not a great like starting point no. to uh, get into a thing. No. So anyway, I end up moving to New York and I don't really force any communication with him. I, I'm, I don't like tell him like, oh, I've moved. Like, I want to see you. <laughs> yeah, here we go. You know, like I'm very aware that he has an ex and he did some or he has a relationship yeah. that he's in. And I'm not trying to like mess around. And I ended up dating somebody else for a while and was in a re new relationship having just moved to New York and was very much on like a heavy rebound from my last relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I ended up starting seeing with like I started seeing someone new 
and kind of like let that flirtation like kind of just die out naturally. And then I'm in this new relationship and it is such a rebound. And this guy is completely in love with me and certain I'm the one. And after the glitter, you know, faded... I was like, oh, I don't know how to get out of yeah. this. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you were like, oh yeah, I just need something to kind of like rebound. And then you're yeah. like, oh wait, now Yeah, this and is... it's like, I've said things that I don't mean anymore, but I was so caught up in like the yes. excitement of a yeah, new yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course, it's like right around the time where I'm like realizing that like I'm in a relationship again that I'm unhappy <laughs> with again, that Peter shows back up in my Facebook messages and he's like, hey, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I would love to like take you to a museum sometime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm right now in the process of yet again, like planning how do I like break up with someone? And I feel like when you break up with people, you have like one final responsibility of like trying to break someone's heart in the most like respectful way yeah. possible. And it, I like overthought it a lot and I let it hang too long and I did end up cheating on him oh yeah with peter which was you know easily one of the shittiest things i've ever done to somebody yeah and then you know did was that like a thing that came out and you had to like have this conversation or were you able to just there was like this moment where um the new person i was seeing we'll call him adam or like the relationship i was in yeah with that, adam. yeah the, the, your um, like rebound yeah, relationship. my rebound relationship yeah. with adam adam came up to me just like shit-faced at a bar where we had always gone for karaoke and he was like hey i've been running a test on you and every time i say i love you you say it back but you haven't said it first in weeks like what's going Whoa. on <laughs> yeah and like mind you this relationship had so many individual problems and i was absolutely going to end it yeah. on its own yeah you knew that like this wasn't going to last in its yeah. own way and yeah. he was like are you not attracted to me anymore and i was like i'm not you know and and it was this like really brutal conversation that he like confronted me with and then right after that conversation he like went back into the bar to just get more wasted with his friends because he was miserable of course a natural response and i coped with it by deciding to cheat okay like like the conversation happened and it wasn't like a fully official breakup thing but that was when i was like hey peter like can i come over to your house yeah like just kind of feeling bad about all yeah. that stuff and then also like well this is over like even yeah, if it's, it's not like, like it's not fully over yeah, not, but we did end it yeah not the greatest move but you're still like yeah yeah you're de- i yeah i it's one of those things where i i feel that it's very important that i own up to my shittiness yeah and like totally. that was shitty you know um and he never knew that i cheated on him but he fully like suspected it i don't think he would be surprised to find out like, yeah. we broke up in our own way in this, like, weird, yet again, like, messy, terrible way. But, like, definitely I, like, went over to Peter's house, you know? Uh, but it's uh, one of those things where I was like, oh, great. Like, now we're start Whatever this thing is with Peter and I that we're starting, we're starting with this baseline deficit of trust on both sides. Yeah. Where, like, I know that he's you know, like sent these weird texts to me while he was in a relationship with somebody else. And he knows that I've cheated on a partner with him. And yeah. we, we both have this like just truly like a deficit of trust in each other as like, can this person be a faithful partner? Yeah, which like, so I guess the other just the other side of that justification. And I don't know if you had this as kind of like, oh, we're just meant for each other, right? It's well, like, and that's what we do. You know, yeah. like that's I feel like when you hurt someone and you like really hurt somebody and you tie it up with another a new relationship, yeah. you 
always like overinflate the importance of the new relationship to justify the pain you cause the other person where you're like, they're just characters in our story. The rom-com's about us. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like this is the real story. Like, that other thing we was just like- We made it to the soulmate yes, part, yeah, yeah. you know? So I leaned very heavily into that narrative, like for my own like comfort. So when we finally like started like sleeping together it's like I went over to his apartment and he like played me all these songs on guitar he played like what a girl wants by Christina Aguilera (laughs) and it was like great move like great strong move like I was very into it and then we'd been like flirting for a little bit and kind of like casually dating for like maybe two weeks okay um while this like other relationship was sort of like dying out and then he says oh I'm going to Florida to visit my parents um, they're like inviting me back for my birthday and I'll hit you up when I come back from Florida. Okay. And he never comes back from Florida. Whoa. So that was, and he never really explains why. And so I'm texting him and I'm like, Hey, it's been like a couple weeks. Like, are you back in town yet? Yeah. Like I thought this was like a weekend trip or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And so then, you know, this is someone that I kind of considered to have been friends with for a while, you know, in this like kind of low key Facebook friendy way. Yeah. Like regardless of the current state of things, you've at least like been close with each other for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says, like, he finally messages me and he says, hey, I didn't know how to tell you this, um, but I have a chronic illness and my parents have kind of thrown this, like, intervention where they want me to stop pushing myself so hard to do my musical theater writing in New York and instead focus on my health. Oh. So they've, like, quarantined me back at home. Wow. And they want me to, like, see doctors here to, like, focus on this disease that I have and healing. Jeez. Yeah. And so we'd barely really started seeing each other at this point at all. And it was like such a huge bomb. And I was immediately, I'm very empathetic. And I was immediately like, oh my gosh, like you're really sick. I had no idea you were sick. Like you've never posted anything on Facebook about it. Like, (laughs) you know, like I just had no idea you were like battling a disease this whole time that I've known you. Like, what is it? And he's like, I don't know. Like, it's this pain that I have, but, like, doctors are having a hard time figuring out what it is. Wow. And that's why we need to, like, keep referring me to different specialists. Yeah. So it's, I guess, like, his parents' justification is, mm-hmm. hey, let's, like, stop focusing on your career for a second and figure out what this thing is. Because I guess that's the thing. If they don't know what it is, yeah. that's, I would assume as parents, you'd be like, oh, well, we want to figure out what's going on with our son. No, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, like, what, 22 at this point. And I'm just immediately so invested because it's like, uh, A, I have all this weight of like the, oh, we must be meant for each other. Yeah, you're so like going on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have all of this like compassion for what he could be going through and how alone he is in it. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to just drop this because you're like in Florida, like, let's like keep talking and we wind up just like facetiming every day and while he's far away and my friends would all say i leaned way too heavy into like the romance of this long distance where we're talking non-stop <laughs> yeah um but i have no idea when he's coming back and he kind of kept like giving me dates where he was like oh we should do this halloween costume together and then like Halloween rolls around and it's clear he's not coming back. And then he's like, I'll probably be back in time for Christmas. And then Christmas comes and he hasn't come back. And I'm kind of stuck in this like 
middling place of always FaceTiming this person. Yeah, and it's not so much that he's, like, actively stringing you along. It's more of just, right. like, that hopefulness of, like, yeah. I'll be back and we'll be able to, like, be together. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, we've never labeled it as a okay. relationship by any means. Um, we've probably only had sex, like, two or three times before he moved. And uh, Thanksgiving rolls around and he's still in Florida. And I'm like, you know what? I'll come visit you. Because I have this very um, estranged relationship with my family. So it's very easy for me to just do something else for the holidays. Yeah, like, okay, I can I avoid this. I got no commitments. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got nothing going on. And I'm so committed to, like, wanting to support this person through this horrible chapter in their yeah. life. And a lot of my, like, you know, I'm calling it, like, this is your, like, second act moment where you're, like, really down, but then you're going to come back. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're playing that rom-com script. Of, All of like, it. So much of it. Like, we got together, and then they pulled us apart. And now yeah. we got to, like, make it through this thing together like, to get on the other side. Yeah, yeah. and I, like, love to fight for a relationship like I am not afraid to make huge sacrifices and overlook any red flag and just like really go yeah um so I go for Thanksgiving and then I end up flying back out for Valentine's Day to Florida to see him and we still haven't labeled it okay and at this point we had started hooking up in like hooking up talking like in September yeah and it's been a long time for me to be like FaceTiming a person like almost every day and flying to their house with their family on on two occasions now and it's like yeah and um we have this conversation where I'm very much like I feel like you know I can't keep being treated like your girlfriend without being your girlfriend and I have been in this situation now so many like I feel like every relationship I've ever been in I've had a moment where I've been like you can't keep treating me like your girlfriend without me being your girlfriend now I'm begging you to call me your girlfriend like I'm fully done I'm never gonna do it again yeah but it's like I think it's like it's not a lot to ask of a person in that type of scenario right and I I understand like people like and I guess this scenario Mm -hmm. right this guy's got a lot going on but it's still like for him to still be interacting with you the the way he's interacting with you i guess that's the thing it's like it's one thing to have the thing going on but it's another thing to then still be kind of not like using you but interacting with you the way that he is 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 like it's misleading yeah exactly the misleading is the word i was trying to get to um (laughs) but but it's 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 one of those things where uh i feel like you can't really um just keep benefiting from the emotional intimacy of having someone being like acting like your girlfriend and doing everything a girlfriend would do and then keep saying well I'm not ready for a relationship yeah like it's like you're having one you're You're just not (laughs) acknowledging it to yourself yeah you're still having one um and that was very much like my argument was like we're seeing like we're we're making this huge effort to to keep in contact this much it's very much romantic we're flirting all of the time yeah, everything about this is, is a, relationship. a relationship. Yeah, it just is one, and if you're not ready for it, then like we can't keep doing it. Um, so he caves essentially and is like, "Yes, you're right. You're my girlfriend." And like to 
show respect for the amount of time and effort you've put into this. Like, let's backdate our anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's like, we'll put it directly in the middle of October because it's your favorite month. Your birthday's October 1st. Your favorite holiday is Halloween. And our anniversary will be October 15th. So it'll be an amazing month for you. (laughs) So I'm like swept up by that. I think that's yeah, super adorable. Yeah, because you go in being like, I want to say this thing. Mm-hmm. I want to put myself out there. And you get, like, everything you want. Yeah. And also in this, like, extra romantic way. Like, it's all so adorable. Yeah. Um, and then we do Valentine's Day together. And he buys me a heart-shaped balloon. <laughs> and he, like, feels too sick to go on a real date. So we go to the craft store. And we get kinetic sand and a coloring <laughs> book. And we watch, like, the Batman movies and just sort of, like, have a nice time. Um, he uh, feels too sick at this point to have sex. So we don't have sex at all for the whole, like, Valentine's Day time I came over, which I found very disappointing. Um, but understandable. Yeah, yeah Someone's yeah. ill. You can't get mad at them for that. <laughs> yeah. But we end up watching, like, all of the Fast and the Furious movies <laughs> instead of fucking... Yep. Which was great. Yep, yep. You know, it was awesome. Almost the same thing. Pretty much the same. Uh, very fast, very furious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, I end up, after that trip, going back to New York, feeling all proud of myself. Like, I did it, like, I'm in a relationship now, so I don't sound as crazy to every one of my friends for, like, flying on this <laughs> trip. Yes. To see this person. Because at this point, all of my friends are like, Amanda, you're very young. And I know that you care about him, but you don't really actually know him. And he lives in another state and you have no idea when he's coming back. And I'm like, well, he doesn't really live there. He lives in Astoria. He's just in Florida for a while. Yeah. So you have friends that are aware of the situation and are like bringing up like, hey, this is not the greatest of scenarios that you're in. It's not good for you and you are making it sound romantic and you feel too guilty to leave somebody who's sick yeah and like abandon someone in a place of illness like i have my own fear of abandonment i would never abandon somebody else like that in like such a vulnerable state and at this point it still kind of feels like the honeymoon phase for me and then as we start creeping towards the summer and he still hasn't come back from Florida and there's no end in sight. And I'm like, wow, it's almost a year since you texted me that you wanted to take me to a museum and we have never gone to that museum. Um, at this point, the phone calls have started to pretty much die out. And I'm like, oh, OK, we're not even really f- okay. FaceTiming anymore. And he's like, I'm in too much pain to FaceTime and I feel too sick to respond to your texts. And there will be like these weak stretches where I don't hear from him at all. And at this point, once we've gotten closer to the summertime, like my trust has like really come to the surface as a problem again, where I'm like, wow, we did start this in a bad way. Yeah. And I don't know what you're doing. There are so many different answers. And all my friends at work are like, I bet he has a secret family. You know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like all of that stuff where people are like, are you sure you're not being catfished? Like, how often yeah. have you seen this person in person? And then finally, the day rolls around where he's like, I'm moving back to New York. I'm moving to Astoria. I'm coming back to my apartment. Wow. And it's wild. And it's over a year now since we started talking. And I fully have put in a year of long distance with somebody I like we labeled it long distance I've not really been around him very much yeah the amount of hours you've actually spent together yeah is is pretty low pretty low um I'm not worried about that and I should have been 
So he comes to Astoria. He sets up his apartment. And his parents are paying for everything because he's too sick to have a job. And all he does is sit on the couch and watch Law & Order SVU, which is a great show. Um, so I'm so excited he's finally here. I'm like, oh, we can go on dates. He feels well enough to be in New York. Maybe he'll start writing musical theater again. He moved back to start writing with his partner. And I'll finally be dating this successful musical theater lyricist that I met two years ago, like in a real way. And I'll have that life that I've imagined for myself. And he's here and he's just sick and on the couch. And doesn't have like a maid so the apartment is almost immediately filled with fruit flies and just garbage everywhere and I find myself spending all of my time like cleaning that apartment for him and ordering seamless and like dominoes yeah and like we don't have any sex and I really love sex (laughs) (laughs) and I, I feel so guilty because I was like hey can you can you help me clean? Like, it's not that hard to just throw stuff in the trash. And it's just sort of this thing where anything I ask for, anything that I need as a person, I can't get because he's too sick. Yeah, like the empathy that you initially had for him is very much like it's gone. It's just going away because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, and, and I, I make it like months, like so many months this way of... First of all, I live in Brooklyn. So the fact that I'm going to Astoria all the time is already like a huge hardship for me. And I'm starting to realize that none of his New York City friends are visiting him. And so I end up coming over all of the time because I feel bad for how lonely he is. Yeah. That I end up kind of isolating myself from my own friends. And then I break my foot. And it's the middle of the night in like March. And I'm at work and I break my foot in half on like a steel well not in half i'm so dramatic <laughs> in, half. in half i'm so dramatic but, yeah, um, but broke, like i i like dropped foot. this steel trap door to the basement oh. when i was alone as like a shift manager um on my foot i'm bleeding everywhere and the first thing i do is i like call him and i'm like peter like i'm alone at work i was closing the shop by myself and i'm like bleeding out like i really hurt myself can you come help me and he says no i'm too sick Ugh. and it's I'm like, I am also suffering from a medical problem. (laughs) Like I and he's like, well, what difference would it make if I come help you? I'm not a doctor like you can call your own ambulance. Do you need an ambulance? And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Maybe like the bleeding will stop. I can't tell what's going on. I'm kind of in a panic, you know, and he gives me nothing. Yeah, where it's like not so much that you like, yeah, it would yeah. be nice to have a person there, but just to have somebody there for you in that moment to say, like, hey, it's okay, calm like, down. I'm like, a, I will help you. Yeah, you like, know? I'm here for you. Like, that's kind of what you needed in that scenario is just, like, for him to be there for yeah. you, for and one. He's not even, like, he doesn't really sound even, like, remotely worried about the fact that I'm hurt. It really is just sort of like a, you know, I took my last painkiller a couple hours ago, and I don't feel up to, like, taking a lift all the way to your job in Brooklyn. That would be really painful for me. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And I'm here like bleeding out on the floor of this ice cream shop. I'm like calling myself a lift to the hospital. And he eventually does come, um, but complains the whole time about how like I don't have a high quality mattress and he's really painfully uncomfortable and he doesn't feel like he's making any difference by being there. And I, he's going to have such a hard time recovering from how much pain I put him through 
Meanwhile, I'm like getting a cast put on and it's just like a lot to deal with. Yeah, at a certain point, it's not helpful for him to be there the way that he's being in that scenario. Exactly. And so while I'm like recovering from this, I can't be on my feet because my foot's fucked up. And I end up staying with him in Astoria because I need to be around somebody who can help me. And as soon as I start being the person who needs stuff, he starts getting very like emotionally distant and mean. Um, Where I would say things like, hey, can you get me a glass of water? And he'd be like, the doctor said you're allowed to walk on your feet now. You can get your own glass of water. And I'm on bed rest essentially for like eight weeks and he's so resentful of it. Or at least it seems resentful to me when the main thing is he's just like, you know that I'm too sick. And if you can do it, you should do it yourself because I can't keep having to make these sacrifices for you. And I'm like... I've made nothing but sacrifices for like a year and a half for this relationship. Yeah. Oh, Um, man. So by the time I finally heal from it, I have all of this guilt where I'm like, I'm going to like abandon this person who like really needs someone there. Like he can't clean up after himself. He is in so much pain. But I, I clearly can't get anything I need from this. And I have to, I have to like call it. Um, and I have all this like pent up guilt about ending this relationship. And I finally end it. And mostly because by this point, we'd both just started getting really mean to each other. And I'd been yelling at him a lot. And he'd been yelling at me a lot because we had just both become like so resentful of each other yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I finally like pick up all my stuff. And it's this like teary ending. And I start feeling kind of like as as distance comes from the relationship, I start seeing all these moments where I was kind of like gaslit. And I start remembering like when I first told him that I loved him and he didn't say anything. And then I waited again like I had done in like yeah, my last, last big yeah, relationship. Yeah. Um, and eventually he told me that he loved me. And then he told me that I was the one and all of that like really heavy stuff. But then when it was, like, moments where I really needed him to be there for me, like, the foot thing. breaking your leg and being alone. No, he, like, he couldn't show up for me. And that alone was a reason to leave. I'm glad that I got out of that relationship, of course. Um, But I did, like, spend, like, a year and a half, like, really, really in it and not really doing anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that thing of, like, you get in your head of, like, wanting to make something work Mm -hmm. and i i've done this before like not nearly this level but i remember like one of my first relationships in new york city it was um this person who i really like i think it was like the first person i really had like legitimate feelings for like oh i could see Mm. me being in a relationship with this person in like years yeah and she had just gotten out of an eight-year relationship which was a very yeah. long time to be like, and, and she had like just gone on online dating and we met like, I think I was literally the first person she had met on online dating. So mm. we got along really well, but the whole time she was like, I'm not ready for this. I, I just, I like you, but I, I can't, I just can't be in a relationship. And after like three months, I was kind of like, I need this. Yeah. And she was like, I can't do it. And then we dated for another three months where I kept being like, oh, I can convince I can like make this thing work. Like I can like break through this thing. And yeah, it took me another three months to just be like, I can't like this is not. And like, yeah, it was it was awful. And then 
But then I think the other element of it, and we like sort of stayed in touch. And maybe six months after that, she met somebody. And I think they're still dating today. Like we every once in a while, we're like, we'll catch Mm -hmm. up. And I think they're still dating today and like live with each other. And it's that thing of like, yes, the timing may have not been great. But like there was definitely something in what she thought of me that was she was like, this isn't right yeah. Because I don't know if that six months was enough to be like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to be in a really long relationship now. Yeah. And it was probably like, yeah, there was an element of how she felt about me in that whole thing where, yeah, when you it's like that thing of you're if you're trying to force something that is just not there. Yeah. It can't work. But you don't. And, th- and when you're in it, you can't always see that. Yeah. Well, and it really was like one of those classic uh, I fell in love with the idea of you. Yeah. And I just realized I was like exhausting myself by trying to just like take care of his apartment. And I was, oh, I was like putting out so much energy and I wasn't getting like anything back. Yeah. And I became like, in a way, like addicted to the feeling of like, I am doing these acts of service because I am a strong woman and a martyr and I will help my man, you know? Yeah. Um, and then after a point, I realized that I was like pouring from an empty cup, <laughs> you know? And yeah, then, that was, was never getting refilled never. and just like, yeah. Yeah. And um, because he lives in Astoria, I put off getting my stuff like from his apartment for months because um, I just didn't want to see him again and like feel really guilty and terrible about it. And then as like time passed and I started being like, oh, I feel like I, I was probably getting manipulated a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I think I was getting manipulated a lot. Um, and I went and I got my my blender and stuff. And he was like, it's so amazing to see you again. Like, I haven't really talked to anybody since, you, you know, how lonely I've been. Like, I haven't really been able to see anyone else since you. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those moments where I, like, walked into the apartment and it was, like, spotlessly clean. And I was like, why is it so clean? Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, my parents got me a maid. Oh, man. And I was like, I asked you to get a maid. And um, I had this moment of clarity where I was like, finally free, where I was like, I know it was the right decision to leave this relationship. And I don't feel guilty about it anymore. Yeah. I don't have to always give. Like, it is okay to need stuff from other people. Yeah, like you shouldn't have to feel guilty to be like, hey, I think I broke my foot. Can you help me? Like that yeah. should not be a thing that you have to feel like, oh no, I'm going to ask too much of a person yeah. in this scenario, right? And like, that was like my big turning point where I was like, I know that this need is valid. Yeah. It's yeah, which, too that- dramatic that this need is definitely a valid need. And even if you are too sick to rise to this occasion, I need a partner who can. Yeah, and that's like a big so example, right? There's probably yeah. a bunch of other examples where it'd exactly. be nice to it have somebody... It takes an example that, that big, yeah, yeah, Brian, to for notice. me to notice. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's fair. It's like but that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where it's like you want somebody who's there for you on the small moments, too. Yeah. And, and, yeah, not feel like you're asking too much. Yeah, and I'm like, I can't keep, like, waiting. Like, I can't yeah. put so much time into waiting for, like, a thing that may never come. Yeah. Because what I always thought the relationship with, with Peter was going to be... Uh, is is never really what came about, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's a, a really, like, I do think he's a good guy. I think he's just, like, in a really terrible place. 
um, or at least he was in the course of that relationship, just yeah. like through the circumstances of his life. You know, I, I don't think he was like being evil or malicious. Um, he was just, he probably just felt like he needed to like be selfish because of his, how he feels, you know, how sick he felt. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where I was like, even if I can rationalize this to myself and really empathize with his point of view, like it's okay if I can't stomach it. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if I need something else, even if I can understand why you're not giving it to me, I still am allowed to need the thing I need. Yeah. And like have to leave. And that was like a really hard thing for me to come to terms with in that relationship. Yeah. And I think it probably helps your future things just mm. to like have to know that now and to be able to like yeah. have that awareness. Yeah. And what you look for in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, of course. Um, if people want to like look you up on the internet or do you want to plug anything? That... Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram as um, at Amanda has bangs. Okay. Because I have bangs and my last name's too hard. <laughs> um, so it's easier <laughs> to have a handle that does not include my last name because right. people won't find me. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also on uh, the sketch team at the Magnet Theater called House Party. Cool. For sure. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.